0: Hello, everyone. We are so excited to be here. This is Bibi Peters and Dr. Andrea gould Marks with Boom Talk Media. And yes, we are talking to our marvelous art director, who's also a poet, photographer, musician, about the idea of the hero's journey. However, before we do that, Dr. Andrea, Tell us a little bit, like, what is it? What is this hero's journey? What you were
1: saying, what you were talking about, Barbara, was really um, how helpful it is to use a metaphor when we're describing our life. And of course, our lives are so complex that we can't just use one metaphor. So, one very broad conceptual metaphor is the metaphor of the journey and in the case that we're talking about today, we're using the metaphor that was originally proposed by Joseph Campbell, a very famous mythologist, in his book called Hero um, Hero with a Thousand Faces. That must have been written in the 19... I mean, it was a composite of many years of work, but I think it was published in the early 1980s. Hero with a Thousand Faces. And what Joseph Campbell was talking about was the journey, the universal journey that most human beings go through with some very specific activating events along the way. And we also see that in, in, when we read a book or we read a novel, there's, um, or when we see a screenplay or we see a, a movie, that there's an arc that gets followed, and um, it, you know, in in the largest sense, it's got like if you if you think of that arc with steps along the way, there are maybe twelve steps along the way. It usually begins with the ordinary world, and then um, we're living in the ordinary world, and then we get called to some kind of adventure and generally what happens is we're unprepared (laughs) to take steps into that adventure at first and so we stay put and that's also part of the universal and we stay put until something else some other kind of signal comes to us and and in a sense opens a little spot of hope and in the hero's journey, that's also often referred to as meeting with the mentor. That could be meeting with some kind of guide. It could be you have a teacher in, the, you know, in, in college or you meet somebody in your first job. Um, but some, it's usually an interpersonal sense of activation. It happens through a person. It could also happen through an animal. You know, it could happen through, you know, something that happens in nature, but meeting with the mentors, what it's called. So there's some information there that comes to us that we're able to absorb and it fills us with a little more courage. And so we cross a threshold into the next chapter of our lives. And then during that next chapter, there are all these tests. There are friends that we make. If you think about... um, Um, where our heroine leaves home. We're not in Kansas anymore, (laughs) right? (laughs) The Wizard of Oz. And she, she spirals around this yellow brick road around and around the same place for a while. And then it opens up into this forest with winged monkeys and witches and perils and- Danger, and danger. Of all things, right? And again, you know, what what usually happens is that there's a series of tests and then ultimately, you know, the largest ordeal. And and then ultimately there's, you know, that's like the apex of the journey where there's this almost life and death kind of ordeal. And then there's some gift that comes out of that, usually the gift of being able to deal (laughs) As the ordeal, and then there's, you know, we're able to deal, that there's a gift of strength, of courage, of, of what we understand about our need, perhaps, for other people in our life. And then there's essentially a return, and a return to a more... Um, back to an ordinary life, but it's not as fast as all that, you know, there's, we have to make amends, there's a kind of resurrection. And then ultimately, we return. And we, and we
0: return somehow transformed in a new because form. of the experiences that we've had, right? Yes.
1: <clears throat> so most of us can relate to that. You know, we, we told Mark that, you know, he hadn't returned yet, that he's still mm-hmm. in ordeal. He truly is, is going through some career challenges right now. And when we go through career challenges, we go through identity challenges, just the same Absolutely. way, right? As if we break off a relationship or a relationship is broken of any sort, whether it's you know the death of someone close to us or a love relationship that doesn't work out or we're fired from our job, there's a breaking, there's a loss of attachment. And whatever that is all often usually implicates a loss of
0: our identity. And there's and then, scarier
1: for right. the human being.
0: Right. And I want to just add a little bit about the, the way that we are going to use this or why we are talking about it, because we're happy to share that we're in the process of writing our third relieflet. And this one is mostly uh, photographs and poems uh, by Mark West. And you and I have so enjoyed and connected with his work, and we're adding commentary to it. And so we design the flow of the photographs and the poems in such a way, so that people can identify with the travails and the ups and downs and The valleys and um, with with people like Mark, uh, with everyone else, and so I I am excited to share sort of the inner process of how you and I and Mark how we develop this because I think people have such fascination with that process.
1: Yes, we like the behind the scenes, right? So behind the scenes, I think let's go ahead and invite Mark in. Let's ask our questions and make our comments. And in that way, we can kind of expose who it is we're talking about here and the very human challenges that that he's gone through and we get a chance to go through with him. Let's do that. We could ask, you know, we could talk to you, Mark, about um, the, sh- the cycle of life, because when I match it up against the hero's journey, honey, you're not finished. <laughs> you know, you haven't, you haven't done the entire arc. We're kind of, especially now, with the crisis of career. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know what I mean?
1: We're, we're in the core
2: you know what? I got to say something. I, one thing I do need to say, which I find really funny, the hero's journey. I feel like maybe I manifested it with you guys somehow because during this year, during this crazy career thing, I think it was like two months ago, I was like talking to my, my girl. And I was like, you know what, this is kind of like the hero's journey. Oh. You know? it's just like, seriously. It was like, it gave me perspective and to be able to, to you know, be able to step back and go, And laugh a little bit and go, I'm in the middle of this, this here, this journey, this hero's journey, you know, like and and I'm going through all all these challenges and all these tests. And, you know, and, and it was like, I feel like I manifested it because I was thinking about it specifically with this career craziness.
1: Let's go back to talking about why do we bother with the hero's journey? And you just put your focus right on that place which is once we can see the um experiences of our life as a journey then we've got a perspective because we don't we don't think a journey is like a straight road
2: generally speaking the key word is perspective
1: right so Mm -hmm. when we think journey we think you know we think of one kind of road another kind of road some obstacles on the road some some joy on the road some surprises on the road we you know on the journey allows for the differentiation of the experiences that we all go through as human beings and that's why that's why the metaphor of the journey And so you were absolutely right. You know, you're in this crisis that doesn't resolve itself career-wise. You've you've gone a, a distance to here. You know that you want different, and there's struggle. Not at every turn, but many at many turns. Many attempts is struggle, and that's usually you know the
2: middle of the arc. I think I think with that perspective that you get. Um, it also, the perspective allows you to just kind of trust the process and know that you're in a specific place in the journey and that you're not always going to be in that same place in the journey, that it's going to evolve, you know, that next month, next year or heck tomorrow, you know, it it could, it could be different. Something could change. So the journey, you know, brings that process orientation back into it that you're just you're in the process it's your it's, it's all part of the process that's not going to be the same tomorrow
1: and what's and what does that perspective do for you psychically having the perspective
2: um it rela- allows me to relax a little bit and it allows me to laugh a little bit Especially if they are occurrences that I do not understand, that make no sense to me, that seem nonsensical. Just step back and go, okay, and I can laugh a little bit and just know that things are, are going to settle down a little bit at some point.
1: Right. And, and so you, you have the recognition, if I might say a different way, you have the recognition that you're not in full control.
2: Yes, correct. That happens. that's that's better put. That, that's well said <laughs> <laughs> too bad. But
1: right. And so what, what comes after the recognition that we're not in full control, do
2: you think? What comes after after you recognize that that I'm not in control?
1: Yeah, that after one recognizes that that as human beings, we are our control is only to a point.
2: It, it it allows you to kind of flow a little bit more and be open to possibilities. Mm.
0: Oh, and may I just add that <laughs> we did write a book on that very theme, on that very topic called Patience and Possibilities.
1: Right, so what comes before patience? You know, it's like that we don't come with necessarily with patience unless it's really rewarded. Early on in our in our you know careers as human beings, right? So um, patience is often born also of frustration and feedback about it doesn't work, whatever it is, it's not working for us. In other words, we're in a traffic jam and we could you know we could see red, we could scream, we could you know duck because somebody else is frustrated and they have a gun. And you know, they're in road rage. I mean, there's all kinds of things. Um, but when patience comes over us, I think sometimes it's also share it shares a space with
2: faith. Yeah, I was gonna say something and now I forgot what it was. Great, <laughs> right. I, I think I think where where I've gotten into trouble uh with with you know things not working for me it's it's like you have to realize that getting fr- that frustration and fighting against it aren't going to be helpful
1: that's right right
2: so, so you have to be trusting opened patient right right uh, you, you have to be allowing is a, be- is a better word much better word yep right and, and also know that, oh, I think, I think a real critical piece is you're choosing to allow. Just as much as you're choosing to, to fight against something, well, you can choose to allow. It's all choice. And that puts you back at the reins. That, that puts you, you know, having at least control of how you're responding to what's around you.
1: That's a beautiful way to say it and a and really important. I mean, it's a critical piece in terms of doing instead of doing yourself in through frustration, the recognition that you have a choice about the way to respond and you might respond with faith. You might respond with patience. And even if you do that a little, that's where the possibilities like Bibi got excited about that because our (laughs) book is about that. But that's where the possibilities insert themselves.
2: Yeah.
0: In that
1: quiet, in the quiet space.
0: Uh, Mark, one of the things that comes to mind uh, to me about you, as we're talking about the hero's journey, uh, particularly in the early segments of that journey, of that process, which Mm. is a calling to adventure. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about your calls to adventure. Have they, I know that you moved here from... Seattle, that was a call to adventure, totally different place like Tucson. Uh, But what what would you say, like the major two or three calls to adventure have been in your life?
2: Like before you even had a chance to finish the question, I instantly knew that one of the first, probably the first biggest one. Uh, which was uh, late summer, early fall of 1992, um, when I packed up all my stuff in a moving truck from Western New York uh, after I graduated uh, with my undergrad degree. Uh, packed it all up, put the uh, put the car in tow, and drove to Colorado almost nonstop. It was it was almost 36 hours of straight driving. <laughs> Uh, so that, that was a really big one that I knew I had to do. Uh, my, my brother was, was uh, an undergrad, or not undergrad. My br- brother was in grad school in Northern Colorado and essentially invited me to come out sight unseen. So I'd never been out West before. So it was really an adventure. I'd never been to the West. I'd never been any further West than Rochester, New York, which, as you probably know, isn't very far West. <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway, so, th- so that was a big one, especially since it was sight unseen, but I knew I had to do it. I, I-, I felt the call, a calling.
1: And how did uh, you tra- how did you feel it? How did you feel the calling? At what point were you kind of using up your Western New York State energy? Like get a little bit to use your word, a little bit more granular there.
2: Yeah. I I must say, I think the impetus, uh, the, you know, a a real catalyst for it was a, this has happened more than once, um, a very, a failing relationship. So I had been dating a girl for about three years. We'd been living together in Rochester while I went to college. uh, And it was very clear that I at least needed a break from her, a, a longer term break. I, at the time, I didn't know if we were gonna work it out. We didn't end up working it out totally the way it was supposed to be. Uh, but that was, that was definitely a catalyst. And then it seemed to just be clarified the moment my brother said on the phone, hey, I can just find you an apartment here. You should just come out.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's really one of the universals is there's some kind of loss, you know, yeah. some, some kind of pivotal event. I mean, one thing is things that can push us. And then if we have a combination of something that pushes us and something that is alluring, something that magnetizes or pulls us, that's like the perfect combination for the call.
0: And I love how this thinking and speaking aligns with our new book, uh, Wisdom Within and Without. Uh, Mark is the major organizer the creator of it with his beautiful photography and poems and we're going to be adding commentary to it and this is one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is to uh, get that information from mark so we can uh, add it in the appropriate way and so you having experienced that um I love how it aligns with the book itself in that what you've experienced a Breakup was kind of an outside of you, outside of the inside of you. And so there are some occurrences, some elements in life that we generate ourselves and some that are around us. So it's just amazing to me how all the pieces are coming together for the title Mm. of the book that it is Wisdom Within and Without, and for the experiences that you've had. It really is exposing your inner self in this book.
2: Yeah, um, there really is, and it's not just in a relationship or when you're having challenges, like in my case with a marriage, but there's a real, I'll use the word, there's there's a real intimacy to the push and pull of what goes on inside of you versus what goes on outside of you and how those two interweave and interact and impact each other um so i yeah i mean and that and that's definitely a case for like the content of this book of just like the transformation that took place um just like my little sister would say she, she went through something similar in her marriage as well and or in divorce uh that that <laughs> she literally at one point said Everyone should get divorced at some point in their life <laughs> uh, because it allows, it's one of the more, it, it seems like we really need something big to happen to us, something dramatic to happen to us for us to really consider change and transformation. Yes. Uh, yeah, you know, it, in, inevitably, the larger events in our lives challenge us to transform the most.
1: You know, I I come across the poem Receiving, which is which is toward the the very beginning. It's actually the second poem that we The first poem is by the way, you can always find me on the trail. Okay. But the Receiving poem We love, we learn, we fly together, we turn, we move, we see, we grow, we're free. And that seems to line up a bit with the opening.
2: One, hearing someone else read something I've written is beautiful, and two, you just gave me shivers. Oh,
1: oh, yeah. Well, that's how this whole collaboration feels to us, because you know, certainly, I can say, as a psychologist, that your um, the feeling behind your writing and your photographs are universal. Hmm. They're, they're universal, and to be able to share universals, talk about in an intimate way, in a relatable way
2: is what we're after here. It's fascinating you say that because I feel like I've, I've probably struggled more as a songwriter to have that universal message. And, and now just instantly in reflection, as you said that, I think I'm realizing I have an easier time of it with images and poems. Yeah, yeah, and of so course- it's good, it's good to hear you. I mean, thank you. I'm glad it's universal because that was the intention because sometimes, you know, the, the biggest challenge is being too specific in the writing and it might be important to you, but if no one else can really relate to it, it's not as powerful.
1: And that that's why we, we chose the order that we did just to add at least a hypothetical context. Yeah. And, and then of course we've written some editorial like um, the poems and images speaking to a shared cycle of life. Though every journey is unique, we're all traversing common ground. Mm. And one of the the most common grounds is the broken attachments.
2: Mm.
1: You know, whatever it is we're attached to, whether we're attached to our home or to a person or to the work that we do or to the operation of our physicality, that's an attachment, you know, we're, we're attached to walking and then we get our, you know, legs blown off in a war and then we're, we're back, you know, and, and we're, we can no longer be attached to walking per se type thing. I mean, that's a dire example, but it is, it is a, an example of that same kind of broken attachment. And at, at that point we're plunged into despair
0: And the um, ordeal then becomes magnified. I I have to say I had to put an asterisk by that ordeal uh, terminology because it is one that grabbed me the most next to the call to adventure, the part about the ordeal and the undergoing, right? You, Andrea, and I talk about overcoming of the undergoing all the time, and it's undergoing that ordeal, that experience that is new to us, that is very often painful to us, unknown to us, um, and so that is part of the univers- universality of it as well.
1: Yeah, the ordeal. And that, um, that's the challenge. And that's really what grows us. And, you know, the, the poem at the core, right? From the root, from the core, you said you're living life, no more. At the root level, it must drink. At the truck level, holding strong. At the branch level, you will soar. And so just to come back around to the universality of nature and during almost every ideal, we do find solace somewhere. Most of the time it's found in nature and the mm-hmm. people who who write poetry particularly, you know, find it in nature because it's so obvious right there with everything around you either dying or growing, but We all know already that seasonally, you know, in order to grow, there has to be death of
2: some sort. I mean, flashing forward to today, in the last two years of uh, COVID and everyone being inside all the time, I will add. You know, I just had a revelation this past week. I couldn't believe how different I felt when I just remembered to go outside and do something as simple as go outside and go to the pool after your uh, after your workout. And like, I know that's not quite the same as nature, but it's kind of like nature. And even that, even walking 30 feet out my front door to the pool after finishing a run, um, like resulted in a lot of the kinds of things you're talking about and, and just like connecting with nature and. Feeling like you're out where you can be seen and you can talk to people if someone happens to be walking by and, you know, you can be social and we've all been so, in some ways, not social.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there are, the, you know, the, the saving graces, um, particularly the mirror neurons So all it takes is two seconds, well, three, really, technically, to smile at a stranger who might smile back or to smile at a dog or a dog and their owner, there's something that that catches you. And then that exchange, that very small energetic exchange through the mirror neurons, that can lift the mood as well, and so being able to see or experience outside of ourselves, whether it's outside, outside, or outside of ourselves, you know. And you you do that because because let's not forget all the photographs. I
2: believe are outside. I believe you're right. Yep.
1: And then, of course, there's um, you know there's the whole metaphor that we've included in here in terms of your poetry or um, photographs about the train and the freight line and that sense of moving and, and having a track to actually to move on as opposed to a trail.
2: It's, you know, the whole railroad, train track, train thing for me has become so multi-layered because, well, part of it is, well. The trains run right behind my house here. um, so it feels like home. It, it's It's like a welcoming thing. Um, but then on the other side, you know then it's you have exactly what you just said, which is you know constant movement, transformation, um, travel, you know, like just, uh, there there's there's a couple different layers to it that that are really interesting. Um, you know, I'm constantly walking over the tracks because there's an intersection one block from me, and I'm, I'm constantly walking over those tracks. I try not to walk along the tracks anymore because <laughs> people don't like that.
0: <laughs> I, we did that as kids, right? I mean, we walked along the tracks as kids all all the time uh it's so fascinating there are so many metaphors in just what you said walking across the tracks right so the tracks are taking you from point a to point b not you the train from point a to point b but you're walking across it you're not going from point a to point b you are crossing over that to get to the other side
1: So the fall was locked doors. Where do you lead? Once in use, now in need. Won't someone attend to this curious find or leave it to peel? Will anyone mind? Such an existential question. Who's going to care if I live or die?
2: I, I do believe right around that time, there was a real deep searching going on. There just because I don't think I knew who I was at that point. I, I think there was a, the loss was becoming overwhelming. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's the broken attachment part because we do borrow our identity into some people say, some of my clients have said over and over again, it's a couple's world. So when often when we're uncoupled from either something or someone, like we lose a job, or we lose our home, or we lose a relationship, when we're uncoupled, it's it's humanly it's very lost. We are constructed as interdependent beings. We are meant to be. We're relational. So how could we not feel desperately lost, especially if it's a severance?
2: It 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 went some yes. Uh, it went some really dark places, and and I don't I'm not I mean probably not best to give too many details, but let me just say, especially since I'm a very visual person, I remember visualizing a specific image in my mind that one would argue is suicidal. Uh, and, I, and I repeated that visual in my mind for a long time, uh, quite a long time. And it took a lot of work to transition out of that and to maybe replace it with a, kinder, more loving visual.
1: <laughs> right. Detachment from life as it was to life as it is now has so many at this point, so we're talking 2022, there's so many influences, so many factors that are all yeah. you know, coming together at the same time. Um, historians will have an interesting time looking back on this time. It will make perfect sense to them, I'm sure. But for right now, living in the middle of the chaos, it's, it's difficult. It's trying.
2: Life, life can definitely be, when you have perspective and you can look back on something, <laughs> it, it, it's always different. It's always, it, it, all, it will make more sense. It doesn't make sense now. <laughs>
1: Right, because we're we're really in the middle of the storm. Um, uh, yeah. and, and, you know, it's just like weather systems. You know, you can have something in the north, you can have something in the south, and then something's happening east and west, and it pulls things together. You know, I mean, it's quite atmospheric, you know, in its behavior, I would say, if I had to describe it like people would describe it as the perfect storm.
0: And it's difficult at times to not... Um, think that we get expedited that we can move it along make it be over quicker <laughs> right. uh and well, that, it's self-talk it goes, back,
2: goes back it goes back to the whole patience thing you can't push against yes. it you have to be patient right right
1: right and that's really hard because that whole um approach seems maybe when one is going through it counterintuitive but that's why there is such a thing as spirituality. That is why that people who have come before us, human beings have gone to the abstraction as opposed to the actual manipulation of reality. They've gone to, they've created that for us as, a, as another perspective, which isn't in our control which really begs to to um, inspire us to have faith or to allow or to let go or or those kinds of things it's hard it's a hard place to be and we're all in it you know that to say we are all in it together and if there's any comfort I I don't really know at this point if that's any comfort
0: Well, there's comfort in us being here for sure, right? And talking to each other and supporting each other in the way that we do and uh, exclaiming about the gift that Mark has in writing and in photographing Mm -hmm. and writing of the book, uh, uh, Wisdom Within and Without. So as a conclusion, Perhaps, Andrea, you would like to read maybe one of the last one or two poems in the book since you've done it so beautifully. Oh, thank you so much.
1: Well, um, you know, we were just talking about the unknown. And so I want to read The Beginning Knows No End, Mark's poem. The Beginning Knows No End. Why I do these things I may never know. I just listen to my heart and it tells me so. Releasing chains of dread and fear. Don't be afraid. Shed those tears. The light will save you. Darkness embrace you. But in the end, only you can face you. I'll do it again because I made a little myth in there. The beginning knows no end. Why I do these things, I may never know. I just listen to my heart. And it tells me so. Releasing chains of dread and fear. Don't be afraid. Shed those tears. The light will save you. Darkness embrace you. But in the end, only you must face you. So thank you, Mark. Cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's all I wanted to say. How about you, Beebs?
0: Yep. I'm good. Okay.
1: All right. So, have a good one.
2: Love you guys. Bye. Love you too. Bye. (laughs) Bye.
1: (laughs) Good to see him. You've heard from us. Now let's hear from you. Please write to us at info at boomtalkmedia.com. That's info at boomtalkmedia.com. Until next time.